0: We're trying to identify what's going to bring the most value to the company right now and be manageable with our resources, but also be deliverable, the equivalent of a smart goal. So we want to make sure that we're always thinking forward thinking of where we're spending 80% of our time delivering the needs and expectations of the customers while also mixing in that 20% innovation to try new things, to throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks.
1: Good morning, everyone. This is the Healthy Idea Podcast by Iman and Nico. I'm Iman.
2: And I'm Nico. And on our podcast, we sit down with founders on how they're using new technologies to solve critical health issues that face our society today. We learn more about their journeys into entrepreneurship and how they started their company.
1: We hope to shed light on innovations in health and encourage you to think on what's possible with technology today get started we'd just like to say thank you so much to our audience for all the reviews that we've been getting we appreciate it so much and we read every single one really truly thank you we'd like to ask that if you do have a minute to please write a review if you do enjoy our content and you want to see more from the show now let's get the show started hello everybody welcome back to another episode of a healthy idea with iman and nico today we have Tony Palioko, the head of product at Hello Chef. Tony, thank you for being on the podcast today. How are you?
0: I am fantastic. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
1: Yeah, thank you for coming. And of course, I cannot forget my lovely co-host, Nico.
0: Thanks, Amon. How are you doing today, Tony? I am doing fantastic over here in Dubai. It's uh, 10 p.m. and it's the lights are shining and it's a beautiful vision. Mm-hmm. That sounds fantastic.
1: Yep, absolutely amazing, especially in Dubai. And I guess just to get right into it, Tony, do you mind telling us a bit about yourself and what you do?
0: That is a interesting question. I love to answer it every single time. But for the most part, I have been in the product management industry for the last 15 years. I started off actually as a software engineer and I attended Arizona State, but luckily have been fortunate enough to experience working in you know startups that acquired, um, namely like chinos.com which got acquired by Rolling Stone. But also the last three years before I moved to Dubai, I was actually working at Boeing, heading up artificial intelligence and uh, analytic products for the manufacturing of the a Boeing commercial airline. Just like I said, recently I moved here to Dubai. I accepted a position as head of product with Hello Chef. Hello Chef is a, essentially it is the premier meal kit delivery service in Dubai. We provide custom curated recipes that are healthy, that uh, provide to your lifestyle, but also with a family-friendly feel to it. And I've been fortunate enough to work with an amazing team the last six weeks I've moved here, really just driving the product growth and building a strategic vision for the next three to five years that will hopefully serve many millions of magical meals to our customers.
1: That is absolutely amazing. And I'm really curious of of the growth journey of of going from like United States software engineering into the startup space in Dubai, especially within this like health and wellness of integration of the e-commerce and trying to deliver really great health. Healthy home cooking at home, or healthy home cooking to the home. So I would love to hear like that. What's funny
0: is that when I got out of college and got into the software side of things, it was using a food metaphor or a food example. It's like you're cooking the actual recipe itself. So you have someone who wants something that's going to delight them, and you have to build the software code that makes that happen. And it was at my time at Chinos actually where I was vaulted into the product space. So instead of cooking the meals and, and waiting the team that was cooking the meals, I was actually helping to build the menu. And I was actually working on the features and the services that would provide that same experience to our advertising partners or whether it was to our sponsorship partners. And it's that growth. As our company grew, we went from having 3 million unique visitors a month to 49 million unique visitors a month. And we opened offices in six countries. And, and with that growth, you have a lot of, of, of change. And so as the, the office grew and our general manager was out in the field more, it opened the door where he said, Tony, I need you to Lead the product and, and make sure that things are getting delivered. And so that was really how I got into the product side of things. And, but with that startup feel, you get a lot of competition, you get a lot of energy, and you're working with people who are very passionate about what they're doing. And so after doing six years at Hasbro, which was obviously a, a global company working on a game called Match the Gathering, 30 million players globally, and then doing a three years at Boeing, where you're working on essentially putting people into the air, one of the largest aerospace companies, with COVID and the pandemic, Boeing laid off 31,000 people. I was one of those people. And it really gave me the opportunity to reflect, what did I enjoy doing? What really pushed my button? And when the opportunity with Hello Chef, we started conversations, it was really a two-way street. They were interviewing me to see who was going to help lead their product into the future. And I was looking to see if these were people that I was going to find the same passionate energy that I had at Chino's with. And I found a great symbiosis there. And at the same time, it was also a really good product. It was a product that... That helps people. It helps families. It helps people improve their health, improve their lifestyle, their eating habits, but also with a level of quality unsurpassed that I've seen in any company that I've seen. It.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that and appreciate you, like you the piece around like the global pandemic and how it affected you. But it seems you have a positive effect at the end and make you think of all the other opportunities outlaid in startups. So I commend you for doing that and so glad that you're head of product. I'm curious, what does it mean to be a head of product at Hello Chef?
0: So at Hello Chef, I would probably say that I have to personify the voice of the customer on a daily basis. And whether that's through how a customer orders their meal online, what makes their ordering experience easier, what digital features would improve their experience with us and make them a loyal customer. uh, What kind of meals are we picking that helps with that? In the traditional thought process of product management, of the Venn diagram of how product management touches everything but has authority over nothing, I would say it's looking at the end-to-end experience experience of the customer and really learning about who the what are the personas of the people who subscribe to hello chef what would make their life easier what would make their experience easier and what would make them refer to someone else and so at one point it could be thinking about how the sign-up process works on one day and on the next day it could be working with our data team to identify how do we build predictive models for our recipes or prescriptive um, analytic solutions for the operations part in the factory it gets to touch every part and really have a, a really close hands-on experience that you normally wouldn't get in a bigger company but at the same time you are making a much more meaningful impact on people's lives
1: that's awesome in regards to like the voice of the customer does that sometimes reflect the customer experience digitally maybe with some sort of app or website or does the head of product also influence the food and like how the health cure like the health pieces of the items you're curating in the boxes also come to be like i'm curious how influential
0: we have an amazing recipe team and they come from one of the great things i love about our company is that it, it's incredibly diverse just in one uh, and just in the office I'm in there is 18 different countries represented in our office in just that one office and you know, having that background of culinary expertise in the test kitchen we rely heavily on user feedback to be able to drive what people are looking for and helping to identify what those surveys look like and also what those mediums of communication they use to come back with us are to provide that feedback is definitely in line with the digital the digital head of product role but I won't pretend to be an expert on recipes or an expert on the proper sourcing of the food or or how it's cooked because we have a fantastic recipe team for that. But if we identify patterns that say in the month of November there's more of our customers who are looking at maybe Thanksgiving type meals or they're looking for healthier solutions to get them through the rest of the year and into New Year's that's the feedback that I provide support back to be able to say look maybe we have a big chunk of our Asian community that because 80% of Dubai is expats. So we focus on on what countries they come from and what their experience generally tend to be because we want to drive that feel home experience for them. But we also want to challenge them to try things outside of their comfort zone, try new combinations that maybe they hadn't thought of. And so we're always providing that feedback through regular weekly recipe feedback, regular delivery feedback, and then also digital feedback as well on, on how we can help them to customize their orders, to expand their orders and really give a sense of personalization.
1: That's awesome. I didn't even think about like how can you personalize this more to the demographic of the customer and bring in their ethnic origin into literally home cooking, but still make it healthy. And so it's interesting. I really like that. I'm curious like how this came to be in Dubai and what the passion was for wellness and eating healthier to improve your personal health.
0: Well, I think it's a combination of a bunch of things. that Like I mentioned that Dubai is 80% expats. And so when you look at the breakdown of the biggest countries that make up Dubai and always make up our subscriber base patterns in terms of like Western Europe, European, North America. And you have to really think in terms of what experience were they having back home and what would have made it better back home, because that's really what they're looking for here at the same time. And so it's an interesting conundrum because you want to be able to have that flair and that fantastic, I would call it the Gordon Ramsay experience of where it looks so simple on YouTube and you want to be able to replicate it at your house. And so it's a matter of looking at how do we accommodate these different lifestyles because we have very robust vegan selections. We have very robust, low carb selections and they're incredibly popular. But at the same time, there's also that family that just wants that steak and potatoes too. And so it's really looking at the, at the the voice. And when I say voice of the customer, I think about how I am go about my daily business and I try and think about how parents go about their daily business. And so when I'm thinking of the ordering process or thinking of what the selections are, you have to keep all that in mind because there's not going to be a mushroom result that's going to go over well with a 12-year-old kid. You have to be able to balance that menu and the recipe selections out to think, okay, how do we keep it healthy? How do we keep it fun? But at the same time, how do we move it forward? The origins actually is that our CEO and our, our two co-founders, Ahmed and Olivia, did an absolutely fantastic job at identifying this need that was something that was not present in Dubai and not at a level of quality that was, I don't want to say respectable to the population, but keeping the customer first and keeping their needs and, and wants first a, as a customer. And they did a fantastic job of starting off with, I think it was just like three or four people and doing everything by the seat of their pants and really with just passion, determination, and a clear vision of what they wanted to bring. They've been able to expand this team multiple times over so far and just being able to start really putting together the key team members that are now ready to drive us forward. And we've got recipe team members who've come from the US, from Germany, London, and they're bringing all their special flair of cooking and and recipes that will help drive this forward. We've brought in leads and data and in production and in like myself for product who are starting to be able to help us take that next step in maturity to not being a 60-person startup, but instead being a 300-person company at some point where we're really driving not only just Dubai, but when... And we talk about Dubai primarily because everyone recognizes it, but we... Actually provide to the entire United Arab Emirates. We also go to Abu Dhabi to Sharjah, everywhere in the the UAE we go to. But then it's looking, okay, where's the next target? Is it Saudi Arabia? Is it Mm -hmm. Oman? Is it Bahrain? Or do Mm -hmm. we start going into Europe and making our mark
1: there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I think the growth story is definitely there. I'm interested in, like you had mentioned, there's all these different types of behavioral type, like uh, segmentations of people. Like sometimes it's families who want to just have a healthier lifestyle for their family. Sometimes it's perhaps like people who are in the fitness world world and need to eat at a certain eat certain amounts of portions in order to like gain or lose muscle or gain or lose fat i'm curious like how you go about managing all these expectations from users and as you do that, if you're trying to build towards a particular segment as you go internationally or if you go internationally?
0: So I think it, as it boils down to that, we always just look at what the, I would say the base persona of our customer is. And we find out a lot about of that when we are engaging with customers as they sign up to learn about what they're looking for and what their eating habits are like and what their essentially their general cases are for subscribing to Hello Chef. And in a lot of cases, we see if it's families and they want to have that home-cooked meal. but they don't have the time to go to the store they want to have that same experience we satisfy that use case if it's that there's someone who is a vegan and they're having a tough time finding the recipes and all the ingredients they have to go to three different stores because there's so many markets in dubai that you can't find everything in one spot Then we also fill that use case as well. And so when looking at how we do things here in the UAE, I think we focus on doing one thing extremely well. And that's the same model that we would take as we would expand. But, and also, it's, and this is why we take such great detail and curation in our recipes, is because we want to think about that recipe that's going to be able to satisfy the entire family or satisfy someone who is training or satisfy someone who is just looking to cook good meals and they don't want to go shopping. And making sure that, you know, the recipes check all those boxes at the same time.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's awesome. I wonder, like, what would happen if, let's say you discover some really interesting insight within the data, how it gets reflected amongst what you do, and how does it affect, like, the product roadmap? So I think that yeah.
0: No, uh, finish, go ahead, finish that question. I was gonna make you
1: If that's ever come up, like in some of your analysis, cause I feel like it's so personalized that you'll get all these like mini insights about people and how you could better curate their health or how you could better curate their experience so that they're consistently using the service so that they're better, they're just trying to improve their health. Like how that's affect your roadmap by any means. If there's been like any interesting feedback you've gotten that you didn't expect.
0: You know, I think the most interesting piece of feedback And it's actually one that you see in a lot of these meal kit delivery companies is related around the use of plastic and the packaging that we use. And so it's one of those areas to give an example of where we look at that feedback and we try, and as we look at new companies we work with and partner with, we try to incorporate that feedback into our future decision-making process to be able to then be able to go back to our customers and say, you spoke and we listen. from a a roadmap perspective, though it's interesting because our roadmap is ever changing. And it's really because we're trying to identify what's going to bring the most value to the company right now and be manageable with our resources, but also be deliverable, the equivalent of a smart goal. So we want to make sure that we're always thinking forward, thinking of where we're spending 80% of our time delivering the needs and expectations of the customers, while also mixing in that 20% innovation to try new things, to throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Not every decision we make is going to be one that's well-received, but that's the same in any industry. You take that feedback, you learn from it, and then you go back to the drawing board.
1: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I guess with that, is there anything like intriguing in terms of how you've grown with particular segments of people? If people that you didn't expect to use it as much are using it like triple or three times as fold or four times as fold when it was maybe like an experimental case? I think that
0: that's actually fairly difficult to answer right now just because of the way 2020 has gone (laughs) and that 2020 has impacted a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Some positively, like I've been privileged enough myself to be on the positive side and some not is positive. And so I think that we've also taken that into consideration as well as using that information to see how people are handling the pandemic and how they've been dealing with that to be able to help us influence maybe recipe decisions or making sure that we're providing healthier solutions that are more based around boosting immune systems and being really targeted towards our customers in that sense. it's I think that with 2021 being on the horizon and a new dawn emerging, I guess you could say, I think that will give us a lot of insight into how do we make 2021 in a post-COVID world, how do we make that an even better experience for them to hit that two, three, three-, four-fold mark
1: of, of engagement? Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And I would feel like 2020 is just a weird year in general. It's been a tremendous year for e-commerce, especially given the fact that a lot of retail stores can't open or it's impossible for them to open without kind of adhering to the law. I don't know how it was in Dubai, but at least in the US. And it's an interesting way to capture feedback from users because you're not sure if it's the base case or if it's a really optimistic case. And then it can be a base case if people adopt the technology and adopt this like new form of purchasing, shopping, especially with like food into post-pandemic world. So I was curious how you're thinking about that.
0: Well, I think Dubai is a different animal entirely because since I've been here Dubai has been open for business and it really goes to the oh, to wow. the heart of of how the government and the government has handled it here in terms of the number of tests and checks every mall or every store you go to here there's someone taking your temperature when you walk in. I get my temperature taken about 12 times a day. And not to mention oh, just huh. going into the office, we, re- we require that as well. So there's a very heavy emphasis on the health aspect of making sure that we're staying clear and making sure that we're staying safe. The face mask mandate that's here has been incredible in terms of keeping people focused on the bigger picture and that's keeping each other safe. I also think it has a lot to do with the people I've met here in Dubai so far is that there is a general just vibes that we're all working together in a weird way of keeping each other safe, keeping things clean. There's a, the culture is incredibly respectful and it's so refreshing seeing that and how people from all different backgrounds just relate to each other and treat each other with respect and kindness because we're all here under the same guise of we're not, this isn't our country. We're all expats, 80% of us are. And so we want to show the respect to the country that is giving us these opportunities and allowing us to keep the economy open and keep the stores open. And we play by the rules and we get to enjoy the fruits of the labor. And so I think that's been the big difference I've seen between here in the U.S. I was in Seattle not only six weeks ago, and I'd been there for seven years. So I definitely have a comparison of between A and B. <laughs>
1: that's so interesting, Tony. I think Dubai, I know it from many perspectives, one from a religious perspective, but also a, like a tourist perspective. And I really wish I went to the airport in between like a layover once. <laughs> and I've heard of the business ecosystem around like financial services or maybe real estate or oil and gas. But this the 80% expat community and the supportive kind of togetherness of the business culture is so conducive to startup. And I feel like there is this almost like a blossoming of Dubai as potential startup hub, just given like the culture around just supporting each other.
0: Just looking in terms of how well the government works with you to start a business here, if you want to, if you have an idea, Dubai will make it happen. And they have the resources that they will put you in the right direction to help you with finding, even just I read in the paper the other day that they were offering. Offering six months of office space to new companies that met certain criteria. And these criteria weren't for big businesses, they were for people who had dreams and visions of doing something great that they couldn't do elsewhere. But even that on the flip side is that we also have very targeted parts of Dubai, like Dubai Internet City. As you take the Metro heading into downtown Dubai, you'll pass the Oracle office, the Google office, the Microsoft office, IBM, Hewlett Packard, they all have major campuses here. And but they're not running the show, which is I would say different from what I've seen like in my time in Seattle. For here, it's everyone's working together to um, provide to the the overall grade because the government here has been very forward thinking and noticing that they can't depend on oil forever. And so they're working on building incredibly innovative startup hubs, incredibly um, what's known as the free zones, which is where um, a lot of startup businesses get their main working capital and starting up startup areas just to be able to make those dreams a reality.
1: That is so interesting. So there's even this kind of like access to capital, perhaps through these free zones. Dubai Internet City, I've not heard of that before. It's interesting stuff. I got to look into it. Oh,
0: it's incredible. When I took the Metro the first time and drove past it, I was like, whoa, there's some players here that I wasn't aware of. But then on the same note is that there's also Emirati-based companies that are like the the cable providers, the wireless and cell phone providers, even the, the taxi services out here, they're government run. But it makes for a fair competition base for that, but also provides so many services to the rest of these companies. it's just, it's unbelievable.
1: That's incredible. I just had one last question they I'll hand it off to Nico. It, it's the, the free zone things. Do you mind explaining that a little bit more? Is that the government providing you capital?
0: So I guess the best way for me to explain the, the Dubai free zones is that they're low cost setup areas where you can open your company. So it's, you can get a license to open your business and they provide you with help with more like a comprehensive setup package. So they'll help you get upset with banking, with legal services. And it's in different parts depending on what your business is. So in certain free zones, you can have a certain kind of business hub. And another free zone is focused on a whole different kind of businesses. And so it's really just an area of where it's, I guess I would equate it to the, it's where you can get a free canvas to start painting your picture.
1: It's like an incubator.
0: Incubator zones would be a definite word I would use as well as the same token. It's not like you say, I want to start a business for this and you just get a buttload of money. Yeah. But it's more along the lines of we'll give you the resources that if you meet us halfway, we'll get you the other half of the way over.
1: It's super intriguing. Awesome. Got to look into the startup community in Dubai. I guess with that, I'll hand it off to Nico. Thank you, Tony. Oh, anytime.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Amon. I know that's it's super interesting to hear about the about the zones in Dubai. A bit of a pivot is from the topic is, I was wondering what you think or how you feel e-commerce would play a role in digital health, um, especially around the nutrition space.
0: I think that we see a... So just recently, as an example, the government here led a initiative called 30 for 30 Days, where it's doing 30 minutes of exercise for 30 days. And usually in in examples like this, you tend to see it just promoted, but never really put into action. And I think that a a great example was that every day on Instagram, pretty much the crown prince was posting on Instagram live, showing his workouts Mm -hmm. and seeing him running or X, Y, Z. And so it really set the model of where you saw the leadership who was promoting these actually putting it into action. And so just as, as an example of that in the office, Rhino, who is the head of our production and operations, he got all of us, about 12 of us, to sign up for an Ironman triathlon that we're doing in March. And so by using using mobile apps like Strava, but also keeping our dietary and, and dietary considerations in mind as well, now we've got 12 people just in my office alone who are doing an Ironman. And so seeing how that pivots with e-commerce is that it really gives the opportunity for innovation for to expand up beyond just Fitbits and beyond just using your Apple Watch to help you track what you're doing but also thinking about the bigger picture of does this go into what you're eating does it go into how you're working out or where you're working out the area of the dubai has been so forward so advanced in some of their mobile applications and e-commerce products to help with health there's another app here that allows essentially you can subscribe to it and you can go do yoga one day at one place you can go do a crossfit the next day at another place because you're buying a subscription mm-hmm. service to access all these different services. And that's something I hadn't seen before. And so I thought it was great seeing that you're not being tied into just that two-year membership at the local gym that has a great setup. It's letting you be able to, the same way you eat, you like to eat different things, you like to try different things. It gives you the same opportunity to be able to do beaker one day and CrossFit the next.
2: Gotcha, so like a, a class pass of sorts. Yeah. No, that's really cool. And that's using essentially to help influence public health. I think is very exciting and could definitely could be better adopted worldwide as well.
0: <laughs> but it also gives you that area of where it's like when you think of that when we talk about the free trade zones, the free zones, they're, mm-hmm. they are those special economic zones. They're set up to help with tax concessions and, and customs, with customs and helping with expatriate investors to have those ideas that maybe they had in their countries that maybe they couldn't get off the ground to help with health and help with fitness. And they can bring them here to get that help to get them started. And then when you don't these virality, these class pass type things, or even just with the general business nature of the area, they can help bring those ideas to a whole different level. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha.
2: And a pivot from there too is how do you feel the nutrition,
0: specifically nutrition, uh, will add to the world or, in, or interact with the world of digital health? How nutrition does? It's, it's, to me, that's actually quite personal because about 10 years ago I was 190 kilos. So that's about, I was 420 pounds. And I oh, am wow. on the borderline of of being diabetic. I had massive sleep apnea. And luckily for me, I was able to get gastric bypass surgery. So for me, nutrition is very important Mm -hmm. in my life. Monitoring how much sugar I'm taking in, making sure I'm taking my vitamins and and staying where I'm at now. Now I'm at 181 pounds and I've been lucky enough to stay here since my surgery. So seeing how nutrition plays into the overall digital digital game, I guess you could say, is definitely something that matters to me. It also matters in terms of seeing of like, how far can we push the boundaries. And we can come up with the best recipes and we can come up with the best meal kit delivery services. We can come up with the best apps that help promote those. But also it's how do we inspire people to actually take that next step and just not worry about what they're putting into their stomachs, but also what are they putting into their blood? What are they putting into their mind? Mm -hmm. And how can we inspire them to every day get up and say, I'm going to eat healthy today and I'm going to eat something that's going to help me because I'm going to go to the gym after work or before work and really work on improving my health and making sure that I'm not regret back into my old habits of eating 24 chicken nuggets a day and hitting McDonald's mm-hmm. three times a day. How do we balance the convenience of fast food, but also how do we can be balance that with this, the same aspect of, of maintaining a healthy lifestyle?
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's amazing. Congratulations on the weight loss. I know that must not have been an easy journey and might still be a difficult one. So I appreciate you sharing that.
0: Every time I had to go by, I was a 60 inch waist. And so I think my biggest motivation, at least maybe on a smaller level is if I can go into a store and just buy off the rack, I just, like that keeps me... That experience was so liberating and so morale-building for me that it really just helps keep me fired up and that's why I'm going to be at the gym at 5.30 in the morning.
2: <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's amazing. And so talking about and just the importance of nutrition, and I think I speak for both of us when we say, Aman and I both agree that nutrition is incredibly important and just overall health. How do you feel Hello Chef will impact the kind of the health and the wellness and digital health space long-term? For- so I think what will its role be in
0: it? So I think that with where we're at as a company right now, and the amazing progress we've made in growth, it really gives us the opportunity to find those using the feedback and data that we have to really find those touch points of how can we innovate on a digital level besides just um, e-commerce? How can we find those touch points to where you look at if our target customer is a family of four, and we're looking at the, I look at it from the aspect of I'm in the store, I have a young child, maybe a 10-year-old also. I'm trying to manage that. I'm trying to go handle my daily day-to-day business. What would make an easier experience to help open the door for better health-changing opportunities? So in some cases, Mm -hmm. it could be providing support to that use case of how do we make parenting easier to allow for more opportunity to engage in health-improving opportunities or to be able to appreciate the nutritional benefits of the food that we provide at Hello Chef and really just looking at what hasn't been done yet that we could do and how can we solve those problems because that's where the true innovation comes in.
2: Gotcha, I see. So when it comes to those touch points and, and what you've identified, what kind of trends do you see people moving more towards?
0: I think that's a very interesting question because a lot of the times when people move to Dubai, they sometimes it's almost like a second chance at life for them. And so they mm-hmm. want to take full opportunity of the things that maybe they didn't do in their previous countries, maybe because they didn't have access or maybe they didn't have them there, or maybe they just didn't take the time to experience those sort of opportunities. And so I think that we see that same thing here of the ability to have these delicious, incredibly made recipes delivered to your door. Whenever you need them to be, we're there and and we'll deliver them. And it lets people be able to really focus on the healthier side of, oh, I never liked vegan food back where I lived. It was uh, vegan stuff. And then you come and say, you know what, I'm going to try this because it looks interesting. And then you realize it's absolutely delicious. And I'm one of those people. I was never, I would always have this preconceived prejudice of, oh, I don't like vegan food. And then when I started tasting what we were cooking here and I said, whoa, this is vegan. I said, okay, you know what? Sign me up. Uh, I'll put one in my recipe for this week. I'm a subscriber to Hello Chefs. I'm a customer as well. And so being able to have the opportunity and the privilege to make those choices and knowingly know that I'm improving the health of my family and myself, it's just, it's a great opportunity. And I think that a lot of us here, besides the fact that we appreciate that we have a lot of opportunity here that maybe others don't we also want I think we also look at it that we don't want to miss out on those opportunities especially where families and single people and whoever's here we're having different moments in our life and so it's really a a chance for us to make memories and that's what we do with our food Mm
2: -hmm. no absolutely yeah there's such an impactful social component that revolves around food which is one of the main reasons why I love it so much other than it being tasty but just being (laughs) able to share (laughs) just (laughs) being able to share a, a meal with people make memories and things like that definitely missing that during this whole COVID period. Um, so I'm very excited to get back to that.
0: I think like with me, it's always been coming from an Italian Mexican household. Food has been an incredible Mm. part of our our culture, especially around the holidays. But also I love to cook and I love to Mm -hmm. take something and I love to replicate videos that I watch on YouTube. And I love to take the recipes that I get in my meal kit and and do that. But then it's also like, for instance, my son, he loves to cook as well. And he's actually going to be attending culinary school out here in Dubai starting in January. And thank you. It's even better for me because now I can have him cook while I'm at work and it's homework is what Mm -hmm. I'll call it. Uh, (laughs) But it's also that bringing us together and coming, it's not just coming home and having dinner cooked. It's one of us is doing the prepping the vegetables, one getting the food ready to, you know, go and following the recipe instructions. And granted I have the easy job of getting home to come home and enjoy and eat it. But it also brings that long, I I would say, I'm not sure it's the same for everyone, but that long lost memory of having dinner at the table each night and, not just mm-hmm. taking the plate off and then going into the computer and firing up World of Warcraft or whatever game I'm playing that week it's really it's <laughs> all of us sitting down together and actually enjoying it and go man this was delicious How did and hearing how it was cooked and talking about how our day was and it really just it does more than just fill a nutrition aspect it does more than feel just the healthy aspect it also fills a social aspect as well
2: no absolutely and something that I think would be important to touch on that we haven't talked about is I would love to hear about the you is kind of the people's approach to food and just like what that ecosystem looks like. Most of our listeners are Americans, so they, they have a pretty idea of what like the American ecosystem looks like from grocery stores, the chain restaurants, the fast food and how popular that is. But what are some of the, you know, approaches and mentalities
0: to those different things in the UAE? So I would definitely say the big difference, I would say, and I'll even use some U.S. examples just to draw parallels, is everything is deliverable here. Everything okay. is deliverable. One of the bigger apps that we use out Here is called Talabat, and you can go on and pick from about seventy to eighty different restaurants, and they can deliver to your door within thirty minutes. So, if I want to have wow. Iranian food, Pakistani food, I want to get McDonald's. If I want to get a coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, you will constantly see a twenty to thirty Talabat drivers on their motorcycles buzzing all over the highways, going to different <laughs> parts of Dubai at all hours a day. I think that's part of the, the ecosystem. Is that if there hasn't been a cuisine of food that I've wanted that I haven't been able to find and have it be able to come to my doorstep in it already cooked. Mm. And that's where, where Hello Chef brings a unique distinction is that we don't bring it to you cooked for you to have now. We bring it to you cooked for you to make for your meals all week so you're not committed to a time. You can pick whatever time you want. But it's definitely amazing, especially as you go through different parts of Dubai. There are parts that are more expat heavy and there are parts that are more Emirati heavy. And so you get to definitely see the difference in the the cuisines and the how they They're promoted, but also I would say the expansion of cloud kitchens here in UAE has really provided a lot Mm -hmm. of expansion too, of where you can have that ability to make your cuisine and share it with everyone else, but not have to go through having a storefront or having your own app or something like that. And you're able to utilize they all connect together to bring that together. And so it's for the days of where I would order groceries from Walmart or order groceries from Safeway, that seemed like the most amazing thing. Or just getting Uber Eats delivered to the house was like, oh, I can get. KFC delivered at 2 a.m. This is over here. It's at a whole different level of if you need groceries, if you need gasoline, if you need a car wash or even a barber to come to your apartment, it's deliverable here in Dubai. And so it all chains together to one giant ecosystem.
2: Wow, that's amazing. So they really, so when it comes down to things like convenience, like a factor of convenience, which is what drives, I think, a lot of people to the fast food, like the McDonald's, the KFCs, etc. that kind of is, I guess that's less of a differentiator now since so it's, you can almost get anything conveniently in Dubai.
0: Well, you have to remember also those that right now it's convenient because it's wintertime, but in the summer, it's going to hit 50 Celsius and that's 122 degrees Fahrenheit. And so that's where that convenience becomes a necessity because sometimes people can't get out, don't want to leave their apartments or maybe they're older and can't withstand some of the heat or the different factors that go on with that. And so that's where a lot of that accessibility comes into play. And also with all of the precautions that they take here with COVID as well that your meal is delivered contactless and it's sealed three times over and the person who's delivered your meal has had multiple you know temperature checks for the day so you definitely Mm -hmm. feel a feeling of safety of that you're getting something of of very high quality
2: no absolutely that's really cool and really exciting i'm just trying to imagine a world of the u.s what would what would it be like if everyone if everything was on demand and deliverable
0: imagine just imagine in boston just picture going down 95 and having 15 to 20 different motorcycles zipped and in and out and around because <laughs> one's coming from the north end of Boston and going up to Weymouth. Someone else is going to Lowell. Another one's going to Kent. That's the same way it is here.
2: Gotcha. No, that's awesome. I would love to hear about what is the next two to three years look like for Hello Chef.
0: In, in one aspect, I would definitely say growth. Mm-hmm. We've experienced just exponential growth in just the, the few years that we've been here is that we've got an extremely talented new members of the team that are bringing a lot of different experiences Experiences, both from global companies and from other startups. And so it really gives us an opportunity to focus on the things that matter, focus on keeping those incredible meals coming to the directly to your door, making sure that they're of the highest quality and you're, you know, everything that you're opening is like making you smile and go, wow. And with that comes a lot of challenges as well. So I think that the next two, three, four years are going to be a lot of learning from each other um, in the company, a lot of learning from our customers, a lot of us learning how to pivot quickly and be able to, able to adjust what the customer wants and really not losing focus of, of what we're here to do and that's to deliver those magical meals and it won't be at the expense of revenue it won't be at the expense of trying to grow the company I think that we would rather grow very smart and tactfully and making sure that we're that level of quality is staying true and the level of the recipes that we deliver are true versus dollars obviously businesses they want to grow for a number of different reasons but we want to grow ethically and we want to grow with our customers in mind.
2: Gotcha. Now that sounds amazing and definitely sounds like a great goal to strive for. And then when... So for growth for you guys, does this essentially look more and more like more customers within the current demographics that you serve expanding to different countries? What does that look like? That's actually
0: a a conversation that we have frequently. And that's really a decision that we as we see how we go into 2021, the leadership team, we're constantly evaluating what our opportunities are. And that's really a decision that will, is it going to be that we're going to stay in the Middle East and continuing what we're doing great here? Are we going to look at different countries? It's really just it's matter of measuring the the impact, the opportunities that are there for us. And Ahmed, our, our CEO, is absolutely a fantastic leader of thinking very um, strategically and thinking very uh, targetedly on, on what we do. And as we come to those bridges, he'll, he will help us cross them.
2: Gotcha, no, that's fantastic and that's really exciting. Definitely exciting challenges to be working on. The
0: thing though with those, like you say, challenges that we're working on is that those challenges never stop. And if they did, I'd probably get bored. <laughs> But it's always something exciting, wondering how you can make someone smile just by opening a box of food.
2: (laughs) No, absolutely. And for my final question, I would love to hear about what your vision is for digital health and how do you feel Hello Chef will
0: play a role in that vision? So I think that my future vision for digital health expands just beyond, I think, the the exercise and health part. We're seeing great breakthroughs in, in telemedicine. An example, there's a company in the U.S. called Patient Pop that is doing incredible work work with making that telehealth experience more and more of an easier reality every single day. And I see it in some of the bigger hospitals now. My wife worked for a large hospital in Seattle and watching them have to quickly pivot to a more telehealth model was really interesting to see. I think that the, we have to look at the overall spectrum of not only are we going to be able to have services be more accessible to everyone, not just people who aren't can't get to them now, but just making them more, more, equitable across the board. It's also the same notion of how do we expand on that? And so I see I IC see Hello Chef being the fuel that can help make that car run. And you can do all of the work that you want. You can be able to do in remote sessions with your doctor and you can get prescriptions delivered to your door. But if you're not following that advice and having the motivation to be able to go and proactively make those healthy decisions. I think that's where we provide a strong opportunity here is to um, not only motivate you with great recipes and great meal kits, but also find those other avenues of partnerships and sponsorships to help make those a reality. Gotcha.
2: No, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Especially since, unless you start trying to address the root problem which for a lot of the diseases at least the ones in the US like heart disease and diabetes starts with nutrition so if you're not addressing that properly you you can only do so much
0: yeah and it's also the same token of having uh, being someone who has to very carefully watch their diet themselves, my motivation comes from a number of different things. And so I look to those different opportunities and different, you know, innovations going on to see what's going to get me out of bed at 530 in the morning. And besides just fitting into a pair of pants, I want to be able to be there for my family. I want to be able to be there to enjoy all the work that we do together. And so it's like, how do we replicate that across the board? It's definitely different parts of the country have different things. But like I said a few times, that eighty percent of the population here is expat, so they're also bringing those heart disease and diabetes and, and mm-hmm. maybe conditions that they had in, in their previous countries. They're bringing them here as well. So it's very mindful that we have to think about not only just who we're serving meals to, but also who can we serve life to. I know that sounds really you know high level philosophical. But in a way, that's it's true, because if we're not putting the right fuel into the tank, the rest of it just falls apart.
2: No, absolutely. Um, I totally agree. And for my final question, is, <laughs> where can people go to learn more about Hello Chef?
0: Yes. Yeah, so to find out more about Hello Chef, it's hellochef.com, hellochef.me. Both of those work. But you can also find us on Instagram as well under uh, the Hello Chef tag as well. You know, that's where we post a lot of our, our videos and quick photos of some of the amazing stuff that we're doing. And at any time, I'm always accessible as well, too. Tony at HelloChef.com. Uh, you can get a hold of me if you ever want to find out more, anything specific, or if I can direct anyone to connect with anyone. I'm always I'm always opening doors for people, so I love helping out. <laughs> Gosh, gotcha, I love it. Miniman, do you have any other questions?
1: No other questions for me. Thank you so much, Tony, for coming on.
0: No, thank you for having me. I had an absolute blast and looking forward to hearing this go live and hopefully staying in touch to provide more mutual help and the respect goes both ways. And so I would love to always be able to contribute any way I could or from the Hello Chef team.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
2: If you made it this far in the episode, congratulations. You're one of our super fans. If you go to our podcast website, you can find our email. And if you reach out to us via email with one of your takeaways from today's episode, we'll give you a free 30 minute call where we'll answer any and all questions you have around digital health or startups.